What's up, everyone? I'm Catherine Rudder, and this is Life in the Fast Chain. On this episode, we have George Calais on to talk about CBDCs. I had George on months ago talking about the Central Bank Digital Currency Working Group when it had first launched, and now today we have launched a page on r3.com that features CBDC research. So they've come a long way. They've done a lot in the working group, and this is just the beginning for the public-facing documents and and research that they're going to share. So bookmark the page in the bio of this episode for uh, more research on CBDCs. I will let George talk all about that. So listen to that part of the episode at the beginning, and then we jump into an interview with Brian D'Souza talking about uh, the ecosystem and how he's kept people engaged on the partner team here at R3 uh, during COVID, some trials and tribulations, some funny stories about uh, seeing people's lives at home, which you normally wouldn't have seen on video calls and whatnot, Uh, and also looking forward to the future. What's going to happen when we start getting back into the office? Um, I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel with vaccines being rolled out, especially in New York, uh, they're opening it up to a ton of age groups. I had no idea that this would all be happening so quickly. Um, So that's really exciting. But now we have to think about with this new normal going back into the office, what what does that mean for our teams and how we engage with people moving forward in the ecosystem? So Brian talks a little bit about that. Very fun episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm on the line with George Calais, leading our research efforts on digital currencies. Thank you for joining me. It's been a hot minute. I know. It's been a while. It's good to hear from you. I know. I feel like uh, it's nice that we're starting to get back in normal times, but it's sad that we're not in our normal turn around in the office, tap you on the shoulder, ask you a question mode. <laughs> I know. Um, I actually haven't even been to the new offices yet. But Oh, you haven't? Yeah, it's really nice. You you are close behind me, actually, in the new office. You're still kind of behind me. Okay, good. We would have had to make a change if otherwise. I know. I know. Who would I have a tea time with in the middle of the day if I <laughs> turn around and tap you on the shoulder? Um, exactly. How have you been doing? How have you been kind of keeping sane uh, in the last few months? Not much. Um I, I guess since it's been nice out this week, going on walks, um, reading That's a little good. bit, cooking. Um, but right now I'm in Philadelphia with a little bit more uh, greenery to walk around and, and do things outside. But you're in New York, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's nice being outside the concrete jungle. I'm going to try and get out for this uh, weekend again to stay sane. It's nice to be around some green, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely necessary. Yeah, no, seriously. Well, that's good. Um, You'll have to come back. I think it's nice seeing that there's light at the end of the tunnel right now with vaccinations being rolled out and everything. Um, Are you looking forward to coming back into the city and getting into the office? The office is really sick. I definitely am. So I actually, I think I'm probably very back of the line for vaccinations, but uh, my parents just got their first two shots. 
Uh, so I guess you're right. There is light at the end of the tunnel. It's just wild that it's been a year of this. I know. I remember when we left the office and then we can talk about CBDCs, but when we left the office, we, it was like a a year ago, almost exactly a little more than a year ago. And I literally was like, bye guys. See you in two weeks. I left my AirPods at the office because I thought I was going to come and well, I didn't intentionally leave them at the office. When I came home, I was like, Oh, well I'll get them in two weeks, whatever. No harm, no foul. Oh, I know. I have like jackets. And when I went back to New York to move out, I stopped by the office and there were like, there's a box of things. I just didn't even realize I still had there, uh, which, which is probably a good thing. I, I probably should have just thrown it out because if I didn't miss it over, you know, three months yeah. at home. Um, That's true. I know but, it is pretty crazy though. It's, it's, it's nice though, coming back in a kind of a clean slate, new office, um, and all that. We'll see what's what's to come in the next few months. But we actually recorded with you in quarantine. So at least we've had, well, we've had touch bases and uh, with work. But last time I talked to you, you were talking about announcing um, the CBDC working group and a lot has happened since then. So uh, what's going on there? What's happened since we last talked? Right. Um, it's crazy to think that that was a year ago. <laughs> Um, so the, the short answer is so much has happened. Yeah. Um, so since we last talked, I I think that was March or April of 2020. Yeah. Um, we, we had just put out a research paper on, uh, CBDC, uh, Mm -hmm. so Daniel, Edan and myself, and we, at that point, I believe we announced the central bank digital currency working group. Yeah. Um, and so we ran that initiative. Uh, we kind of spent the spring and summer uh, getting a group from both the public and the private sector um, and ended up uh, having about 100 people uh, join this working group with yeah. kind of the goal of exploring the policy, the technology, uh, and then kind of the business and socioeconomic impact of digital currencies um, across the currency zones that participated in the working group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we spent the third and fourth quarter uh, really talking to this working group um, on a couple times a week basis, uh, kind of diving deep into these issues. Um, and so I believe from uh, August to December, uh, ran what we called the knowledge series to kind of unpack these issues. Mm-hmm. And since over the past three or so months, uh, we've been working with different teams within the working group uh, to kind of bubble up some of the core findings mm-hmm. uh, that we had discussed and agreed upon um, and package these into uh, public facing research documents uh, so we can really ignite a wider conversation uh, with the broader ecosystem looking into this technology. Yeah, those papers too. So you've had, you've released very recently two of those, right? And then there's more to come in the future. Right. right? So um, it's it's actually a, a great day for us to be talking on uh, Life in the Fast Chain because <laughs> just, you know, earlier today, we announced the launch of what we're calling the CBDC Research Center. Uh, and so what that center is, is it's a place where all of the research findings from the CBDC working group, um, but also kind of as we progress mm-hmm. and as we start to engage in technical environments 
and mm-hmm. we start to kind of bring people on board, uh, that's going to be the space where uh, we are kind of announcing and publishing all of our findings to the wider community. Uh, so in just today, we launched two papers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first is what we call uh, the conceptual model. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of just a very wonky way of saying uh, the, <laughs> the, the framework for, for how R3 and how the working group is assessing CBDC. Um, and so what that paper does is it uh, takes a structure that kind of looks like a, a fancy building and it walks mm-hmm. through all of the considerations uh, that a organization would need to look at uh, to kind of apply CBDC to their context. So kind of starting with those kind of uh, preconditions or foundational enablers, like what are kind of the standards you have, uh, what infrastructure is in place, kind of moving up a layer to the motivations, then kind of figuring out the use cases, mm-hmm. then kind of applying a roadmap for what you're going to do about this. Um, uh, so then we can kind of figure out what the design choice is and how this kind of piece of technology is actually going to look. Um, and then at the very top, um, of, of that structure visually, um, we, we kind of put the final step as those kind of implementation decisions that you make. Um, and so what's kind of cool about that paper is it's really just a map for all of the other research we're going to be publishing um, in the rest of 2021, um, and some of the kind of work we're going to be doing with the organizations uh, in this group, but also uh, with with central banks, banks, exchanges, uh, corporates that kind of want to come in and engage with R3 on this subject matter. Yeah, so this is a big, obviously a big day for you. I know you've been focusing on CBDCs like like it's your night and day at this point. So this must be a very exciting moment for you. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, um, it's a blessing and a curse because it feels good to, you know, get it out on paper and, and, you know, out of, uh, I can't just say my head. It's, it was really, you know, an effort of the entire team that kind of put on the working group, um, Mm -hmm. but also kind of a lot of people internally, we consulted on this. Yeah. Um, And also, you know, um, I was kind of blown away by the the level of collaboration and and the feedback we got from the from the working group. Um, yeah, and and so usually I say kind of blessing and a curse because you know you put something out and and you know you f- you feel like you have a weight off your shoulders, but then you get ten more questions just because yeah. everyone's seen that. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, so we'll see. You know, call me again tomorrow, and, and I'll yeah. let you know how it's going. You're pulling your hair out like this was so great to get it out there. But now there's so much more work to be done. No, I know. I think I uh, have found just from kind of sitting on the sidelines of all of these working groups. Um, I obviously haven't been involved in all of this stuff. But in the past at R3, we've had a bunch of different working groups um, outside of the CBDC working group. Like I remember there's so many um so many nicknames like the AWG, D, D-A-W-G, and all of those things. I think the we dog. joked about the dog. <laughs> I think we joked about this last time you were on the podcast. But uh, yeah, CBW or CBDCWG is a mouthful. Obviously, I couldn't even say it. Um, but I, I think from the sidelines, it seems like these working groups are really fruitful and are really helpful for at least like getting together um, the like minds and actually 
thinking about these problems um, critically and and coming up with a, a good amount of um, resources and information about them. I feel like just historically, the working groups have been really fruitful at R3. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a good broader point and, and kind of the analogy that, that pops into my mind um, and, and hopefully I, I don't offend anyone, but is um, ourselves included, you know, going at something that can be as uh, amorphous, you know, as, as tangible as like a digital dollar, but as kind of broad in terms of use cases and where it would kind of plug into how to implement it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it can kind of be like the, uh, the, you know, five blind men feeling the elephant where, you know, everyone has a totally different perspective. Um, and I I've can never see heard of that. you've never heard this. No. Um, <laughs> so, so the analogy is, um, and I'm going to totally botch this, uh, explaining it, but you know, <laughs> if, if you talk to five, you know, blind people feeling an elephant, uh, they're all going to tell you it's a different thing, right? Cause one person's okay. going to feel the trunk. One person's going to feel the base. One's going to kind of feel the, 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 oh my God, I, the um what's the nose <laughs> isn't that the trunk <laughs> that's, that's the trunk sorry i was thinking of the tusks oh the t- um, oh yeah 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 the tusks. oh that's a good point okay oh, and, and so, so funny. exactly so it, it can kind of mean a lot of different things to different people um and ourselves included uh, you know r3 is kind of a technology provider in the space yeah. um and we need to work with regulators we need to work with central banks who are going to kind of be issuers and operators yeah. Um, but also the private sector. Um, you know, I probably the one of the single biggest points we hear from central banks and from the public sector um, who are looking into this, um, and, and sometimes it can kind of seem like a behind the closed door thing. Uh, but one of the biggest things they want to stress is making sure that they're getting the input from the private sector and what they're yeah. kind of issuing doesn't just go into the wild. That there is yeah. kind of an ecosystem and, and infrastructure in place. Uh, for this to kind of plug into a wider range of uh, services. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's also, there's something to be said, getting a bunch of really smart people with like different opinions and interests in a, in a room together and like learning and trying to figure out how to use this uh, technology. So you've obviously done a ton in the past few months. Um, what's, what's next? What's on the roadmap for you? Yeah. So um, there's, you know, there's a lot uh, that the CBDC team is working on, and, and I don't want to steal kind of the, the thunder on the product side, uh, but there's <laughs> there's a lot of interesting stuff that's kind of being built out there uh, that you'll have to have uh, Ricardo and, and Daniel and, and Pallavi on at some point to uh, yeah. dive into. Um, but kind of on the, the research front, uh, we're, so we are publishing the conceptual model that I, I talked about. We're also publishing... Um, a design choices and taxonomy document today, yeah. uh, which um, actually kind of, there's just been so much research, so much chatter, so much kind of opinions about CBDC um, where, where people are kind of uh, making productive contributions to the, the conversation, um, but are kind of throwing out a lot of different features that they would want to see. Um, and, you know, people are kind of saying, well, we want privacy. We want transparency. We want yeah. uh, network sovereignty. We want interoperability. We want to be able to transact cross-border. Um, but what are the relationships between those things? Yeah. Um, and 
you know, things aren't mutually exclusive, but if you take privacy and transparency, for example, there is a tension there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what we're trying to do, and, and this is kind of a broader theme for what we're trying to integrate into the product um, and, and how we're really looking at this problem is, you know, what are the, the actual questions that need to be answered? So for privacy, yeah. you know, privacy of what? Privacy, you know, from who? You know, specifically, yeah. um, you know, what are we trying to do here? So uh, we, we published a document today that is trying to kind of get a more granular sense of that conversation. Um, so, so that's also accessible to all you listeners in the research center. Yeah. Um, but the, the next pieces that are on our roadmap is actually taking um, some of these frameworks and applying them to use cases. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have three papers coming out um, that three different teams of working group participants are working on, uh, oh, one wow. on uh, security settlement, so thinking about using CBDC for delivery versus payment. Um, one for uh, cross-border payments and kind of mm-hmm. looking at the uh, different ways that payments are currently transacted internationally in a wholesale context um, mm-hmm. and seeing how this may change with a uh, kind of digital currency on a VLT network. Uh, and then the third is looking at just the vast array of um Sorry, Siri is is trying to talk to me while we talk. Uh, but <laughs> Siri, the, butt out. <laughs> the third paper is uh, looking into all of the general purpose um, kind of retail user corporate uh, transaction types um, that have been explored and discussed. Things like uh, stimulus payments, uh, mm-hmm. enacting fiscal policy, peer to peer payments, um, and all of those probably a little further out uh, use cases. Yeah. Wow. That is a ton you guys have on. I guess it's good that we have like a proper home for this, this stuff. Now I'm obviously going to link to all of this information in the bio of this episode. So um, definitely if interested, um, anyone listening should bookmark that page, the the main research page, because that's where we're putting out all of these reports, right? Yep. We, are, we already have the two up there. As of sure, up there. Go read it now. <laughs> Go get started, get an highlighter, print it out. Um, yeah, wow, that is a lot on even just like the research. Like like you said, there's even more going on behind the scenes um, in CBDCs at R3s, but that's that's a lot going on. Um, congrats. Exactly. That's pretty crazy. Thank you. Yeah, and um, <laughs> as, as you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of stuff. So, you know, with any questions... Um, comments, concerns, even, uh, actually no concerns, but feel free to email, uh, cbdc at r3.com. Um, and you know, we're, we're more than happy to kind of talk to anyone about this because, you know, even for us, we've been at it for, um, you know, I was about to say a year, but really we've, we've been looking at this for quite a while now, um, but, but we're not tired of it. So, uh, we're always looking for more questions and, and to talk to new people. Yeah, be careful. Then you're going to, after the launch, get an influx of messages in the CBDC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I regret saying that. I know. I have to be careful what I wish for. <laughs> be careful. Also, apparently Siri's listening to you, so uh, you really got to be careful. Yeah, it's, it's always this podcast. I always get into trouble. 
<laughs> that's got to be something. That's got to be a comment about me. Um, anyways, <laughs> this has been really um, interesting. Honestly, for, for more information, I said it before, but go on to our website, which is linked. And um, obviously, George is fun to talk to. So, you know, if you can get George on the phone to learn more. <laughs> somehow some way uh that's great yeah so thank you george this is a lot it's always a lot of information for me so uh i feel like i need to go and actually like practice what i preach and, and look at the documents that that have just been released yeah when i said go read it you're you're included in that oh i'm in that okay cool cool cool, cool. no yeah. i will i actually will it's, it's a lot and i've said this for over a year now when we were talking about cbdc's it is such a hot topic still. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Brian D'Souza on the line. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, Catherine. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, okay. So I know all about you. But for the listeners that don't know who you are, who are you and what do you do at R3? So as you said, I'm Brian D'Souza. My role at R3 is partner manager. So I work out of the London office and um, my role, I've been at R3 since 2019 around the cyber time. So it's been 18 months or just under. And it's been, yeah, it's been quite a while. And um, yeah, I'm working from home now, as you know. I know, I know. Time flies. I guess because of COVID, I haven't seen you in person in quite some time, actually. Yeah, I That's think the so last... strange. I think the last time you came down, yeah, we had lots of drinks and lots of fun. And um, yeah, lots of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what you get with me. Um, wow, that's so crazy. You've been at R3 for so long. How has everything been since you've been working from home? Have you found like, I mean, now it's been like a full year, pretty much exactly a full year to the day. Um, But how has it been working from home, especially in your role as partner manager management? Yeah, I think, well, I guess it's been since March, right? I think it feels like every day is the same. Uh, Yeah. Eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work. And (laughs) it just goes on and on. Um, Weekends don't feel like weekends, but I guess not being able to meet partners is something that was a challenge at the start for like everyone meet, not meeting clients, not meeting partners, yeah. uh, being able to like go and visit them and understand like going to events as well. Cause that's where you get to hear what, what the latest and greatest is. But I think, yeah, I think yeah. for me, it's really about um, like, how do I prioritize my time with them? Right. And make that the most effective and also social media yeah. is a big part of that. Right. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. In my role specifically, obviously, with managing our social media accounts, we've seen, obviously, it's so much more important to be able to reach people um, because we aren't doing the events and going out to see people, Um, especially you guys in London with the full lockdown. I know we touched on this before we started recording, but that's got to be pretty tough. Yeah, well, the highlight of my week is actually going cycling or getting out the house, right? And I think that's kind of just, where else can I go? I was just thinking like, you can't even go out and see friends. I think going to the park is probably one thing, but then just like <laughs> sitting at your desk all day or standing at your desk is one thing. So I think for me, it's about just clearing my head, getting out, getting taking that mental break right yeah. for the week. Um, and weekends, I've taken up a hobby of cycling, which is really good and I'm really enjoying it. So that keeps me going for now. There's no football at the moment, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. That's good. 
Do you guys still have uh, in London the like you can only be outside for 30 minutes or something? Didn't you have that for a while? <laughs> yeah, well, it was like you couldn't talk to your neighbor across the re- next door um, and you could only have one. Um, well, you couldn't even have anyone from another household in your house. So, yeah, I think that role was gone. And I think I've lost track of the timing of when we're going to be allowed to, to go out and actually eat and meet other people and have a beer. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be, well, I heard, yeah. I was talking to Jack Fletcher this morning and he said it's going to be 107 days and he's got his countdown. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What, oh my what, gosh. Yeah, it's a long time. It is a long time. I feel like um, it's going to be interesting once people start actually like going out again. I feel like I have been, uh, I've been in New York, we can't, indoor dining just opened up again. Um, and it, feels like we are going we are moving forward finally um but it'll be very interesting when we're back to normal life what's gonna happen like or is everyone just gonna go wild or are we like am I gonna forget how to act in front of other human beings like maybe <laughs> um so that'll yeah socially will definitely be different and work-wise are you excited to like get back into the office like what would be the most exciting thing for you with work yeah. and you could do personal too um once we start getting back into normal life yeah well I didn't think I'd say it but I, I kind of missed that commute to work because it, it's like one thing not going on the tube but now that that kind of feeling of like knowing when work ends is that that feeling I'm kind of looking forward to that and also going into the office and meeting everyone the buzz you know yeah. that, that, that feeling of like bar you know bar three it just I miss it you know that kind of vibes of just chilling meeting at the coffee machine finding out what's going on connecting dots it's all that kind yeah. of feeling right and 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 R3 is a very much like together company that brings the culture from the CEO down David and and to the leadership and to the teams and just really you know yeah. even yeah there's a games room you can go and play and chill out but it also there's good balance between the work and you know just getting shit done right it's uh, yeah it's great yeah. No, totally. I'm like such a wanderer in the office if I have a second to just like go talk to people and see what's going on. I definitely miss that. I will say I so the office is open here in New York. Um so some people are going in. And the office is beautiful. I've said that a million times on the podcast, but I was very um bad because I went to the office and I knew I wasn't going to go back for a while and I just really missed the subway. Like I it sounds so ridiculous, but I was like and I had an N95 mask on. I was like I'm just I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go on the subway. And it was amazing. I was like, I cannot believe I'm saying this about like a rat filled New York City gross subway. But it was amazing. It was so fast. I was like, there was no one on it. I actually, so I will say it was safe. Like there was, I think there was one other person on the complete opposite side of the car that I was in. Um, So I felt like super safe, but oh my gosh, I actually missed it a lot. Like I was taking videos. I was being so weird. (laughs) But the show is like, I just miss it. I guess one of the other things I miss is about like with R3, I guess we, we go, we, well, all the events are virtual now, but one of the things that we used to be able to do is go and present at other events and meet other clients and partners through the yeah. events. And that's something that I kind of miss, you know, that kind of outside ecosystem of R3 and, and connecting with our ecosystem as well. And, and then bringing those two together to bring opportunities for R3. So I think it's all virtual now, but I think I'm certainly looking forward to that again, like being able to go and not the cock well obviously yeah. the cocktails bit 
and Kodakon and all those kind of great yeah. things. But I kind of really looking forward to like just going to events after work, chilling out, but also having like, you know, bringing the work ethic into it and bringing the conversations and just trying to bring opportunities as well for R3. Because I think that's where we get opportunities is through our networks, right? And that's a key aspect of like the work we do and the yeah. technology we're trying to provide to solve client solutions. It really comes with connecting dots. And that's something I really enjoy doing, um, but I really miss it. So yeah. can't wait for that to happen again. I know. I will say too, I'm in marketing. I'm not even in sales or partners, management and all that stuff, but I would still totally insert myself in those social settings with partners because I, it was so fun, like seeing everyone kind of connected. Um, I'm sure that's the same for like our venture development program too. They have, that team at R3 has grown so much and it's all been in quarantine. Like I don't think any of them have been into the office. Maybe David Vachev um, went in once or something. Um, but that team has done so much work with startups um, and they haven't even been able to experience the events like Cybos and things that we were able to experience before uh, quarantine. So how from, so obviously it's an important, the socialization aspect is an important part of your job. And like you said, like it was an adjustment at first. What things are you doing to keep partners engaged now? Yeah, good question. So there's a number of things, right? So prioritizing a lot of cadence calls right you, you typically go and meet yeah. them face to face or where you could yeah. and now it's about like really engaging with them and sharing lots of information which is great but then one of the weird things that we've been doing with partners and i've been doing quite often is uh, messaging partners that like on whatsapp at 10 o'clock at night and you kind of get weird looks from your girlfriend and your i'm sure they're getting it from their wives uh and partners it's kind of like what are you doing messaging brian at 10 o'clock at night and you're talking about like DLT and Conclave and latest news that you can share, right? It's, it's, it's always a bit weird, um, but that's the type of things that people yeah. are doing because you don't know when to stop working, um, but also you're really enthusiastic about sharing yeah. news and when it comes out. So it's a, it's a weird one, right? <laughs> like you, you have to kind of do things um, to, to, to build the better rapport because you can't meet them face to face, but yeah. you end up being more in their personal lives, if that makes sense, but it's kind of weird. But yeah. at the same time, I think it builds that kind of real um relationship right um which is really important in this space totally also i mean realistically too before any of this no one was really looking into people's homes like you're you are probably on video calls and seeing people's backgrounds or like maybe a kid running by like because people are they're not in school so no matter what i feel like you do get kind of more on a personal level uh, totally agree I think I, I've also learned about things about partners that you don't really they wouldn't open to up you know when I would go into the office they wouldn't you wouldn't even know right you always see them in a shirt and tie here you're seeing them with like caps on they're covering up their hair and like just really the kids are coming in and you build you, you get to know them at a personal level when it's so much better from a rapport perspective like I've seen like I know like for example, Fraser's got his dog, Bruce, and it's quite interesting that like, you hear him barking when I'm going to call with him and then your dog as well. And then you hear like people, kids, and you go, out, you start knowing the kids' names as well, which is really weird. But <laughs> I, I think it's quite funny because it's part of the character working from home. And I think everyone's going through the same thing. I don't have any kids myself, yeah. but I know a lot of people that I do speak to do. And I know I can only think of the struggles they're going through, right? Um, but yeah. I know. Connecting with partners I know. has been... Connecting with partners has kind of like been, I mean, it's fun, it's challenging, but it's also uh, rewarding as well. So I think that's kind of something I've seen and uh, you build be better friendships, I guess, for the future as well. So it's been great. 
Yeah, that's true. It's it's very funny. I feel like even with people internally at R3, you just see a completely different side of them, which is pretty funny. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit uh, about Conclave. I have uh, the last, we have a lot of uh, podcast episodes about Conclave um, that have just gone out or are, are about to come out. So we don't have to jump too much into it. But uh, what's been going on since the launch? Are people, are you getting good traction or partners interested in it? Yeah, I think um, you've probably seen the announcement this week. We had one of our partners uh, presenting with Richard uh, at um, Microsoft Ignite, which was huge. Um, yeah. And that was Intellect to You presenting with KPMG yeah. for the claim share, which is like, I guess it's a game changer in the uh, insurance sector double dipping so there's been a lot of fraud in the sector as you know and now with this solution in the market yeah. I think it's really going to open a lot of doors and that's one what we've seen I've seen another one in the kind of AML space seems to be coming up every week like there's someone talking about how they can solve using yeah. Conclave that they couldn't do with Corda or any other technology previously so I think that in itself it just is a lot of interest and I think we're going to see a lot more um, proof of value and uh, materialize in this short space of time but I think people realize it's Corda was like a technology that was connecting multiple parties and sharing data this one is just like another put those two together with a game changer with like sharing data but not sharing data if that makes sense that's the w- weird thing about it right I think people get yeah about yeah it. I don't know how you think about it but I, I certainly when I got my head around Conclave it was like wow how did you feel Catherine when you heard about Conclave yeah oh yeah I had a moment. So I had the uh, last episode of the podcast with Roy Hopkins. I think, so I've known about Conclave, obviously, before the launch, there was so much work that went into it. Um, And I feel like Richard has been talking about Intel SGX for a long time. I remember editing, I think like four years ago, I'll try and find the video, editing this video of Richard talking about Enclaves and Intel SGX. And I had no idea what he was talking about but it was interesting and I was like oh okay so like you're sharing data but and like there you have enclaves and this and that like I had like so my mind was like spinning but I, I kind of got it because it was like okay well like the technology is so private and protected that like you may not even have access to what like the technology the, the whole thing like four years ago I was like wow that's cool I don't really get it but kind of like I just said like like so technology that you can like share data, but you don't really see it. Like I didn't understand it at all, but I thought it was cool. And then obviously with Conclave, everything going out with the launch, we have the new website, conclave.net. And that's like a marketing website. You obviously have a lot of information and you can learn more um, about it. We have an animated video that just went out talking about what Conclave is. But I feel like I didn't fully like, grasp it until I had a conversation with Roy and I mean grasp in like the magnitude and the impact it can have uh, for businesses and data privacy and data protection moving forward I I had a moment and on the podcast I literally I think my jaw was I was at one point I almost stopped Roy from talking and started taking notes (laughs) so I was like oh my gosh this is crazy so I agree I had a very uh interesting reaction i I think one of the things i see about conclave is like getting your head around like data preserving technologies and what it can offer but then also like from a perspective of like corda it's been like 
Corda's been uh, revolutionary in itself, right? Going into a bank and saying you can use it or going into an association saying you can use it and share data amongst yourself for competition. But now like yeah. the whole thinking about banks going in and saying, okay, we can use this technology to like detect fraud in our own, uh, between our own siloed business units is like another, it's like, wow, because typically banks have so many problems in themselves and organ- financial services have so many siloed information being shared and they can't even share the information between their own like departments. So that this is kind of like a technology yeah. that's just solving like privacy preserving, you know, elements of use cases that banks can use themselves. And that's like in itself is, is another sort of really valuable use yeah. case that it, it's just super interesting for me, but I'm learning something every day, I, I must say. And the partners um, are also oh, yeah. wanting to get like more kind of overviews and understanding how they can address it to their customers and clients. Um, because I think now they're starting to realize that this is mm-hmm. like real and it can actually be actioned, right? And can go into production quite quickly. So yeah, it's a super exciting time. Yeah, no, I know. It definitely is. And also, obviously, like like you said, like Corda was kind of is groundbreaking itself. Um, but I will say, honestly, anything that Richard Gendel Brown and Mike Hearn throw in front of me, I'm like, cool, sold. <laughs> They're so brilliant. And like, honestly, they they and they feel so passionate about it. I think that's the other thing They're um, And this was the same with Corda, too. They're so passionate and sure of what they've built that it, it really, it's like contagious. So that's the other thing. When I was learning more about it with Roy on the line, I was like, oh, wow. These are like, I'm also talking to extremely smart people that I'm like, hey, I'm on your, I'm on your team. I think so. Um, that's good with also like partners seeing the value. Something else I've seen with partners and a lot of uptake is central bank digital currency. So like R3 is obviously, this is highly strategic and this is a really like got the partner well, we've got the central bank digital currency team now focused on delivering, you know, a sandbox, which is going to be used globally by central banks and commercial banks. Partners are now starting to wake up and go, how can we get involved? And that's something that really I've seen in the last six months of being at home, right? There's a big uptake for this. And I think now, (laughs) now, now is the time, right? And I'm sitting there going, I'm reading about Rick's bank and all this news about Accenture being involved with that. But now you've got other partners thinking, what can we do now? So oh, yeah. uh, certainly seeing a lot of interest in that front. Um, but yeah, I think it's exciting times with digital currencies and digital assets in general. Um, there's a big shift happening in the market, more clarity on regulation, and it's super exciting for partners as well. So I, I'm super excited for what this can bring yeah. for R3 and our partners. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, like what you've said, central bank digital currencies are obviously huge. I mean, people are obviously waking up to to this and trying to get involved. So we've been in such a good position with uh, where we've been at the last few years, obviously getting ahead of this kind of like, oh, wait, this is, there was like the hype cycle and everyone being like, blockchain's going to solve all your problems. And then now people coming down and being like, oh, wait, there are actual use cases. Like this, this is actually a good technology that we can use. So that's exciting. yeah, I think uh, one other thing that I've seen is like people looking at Spunter projects. Like we've got the Spunter project, which is yeah. over 100 banks now in production in Italy. Uh, it's 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 well, yeah, it's a flagship in itself for Corda, and it's and it's proven the maturity of our technology, right? And that that's always been like something for me to like 
point in the direction partners and NTT Data were involved in that project. And now people want a piece of that yeah. in other parts of the world, right? So I think we're going to see other countries really igniting and trying to do the same, right? This thing takes a lot of time, but we can, we as R3 can, are in a really good situation to help them be successful at delivering a similar scale project at a national level. So that's also exciting for the partners as well. So it, it's kind of, um, yeah, I think it's uh, yeah. partners... As you know, we have lots of partners at R3, and I think now what we're seeing is more focus from the partners, which is super exciting for me because now I can prioritize mm -hmm. my partners and understand where that we can go quicker time to market and deliver real value to their customers, right? So that's that's something that's super exciting for me. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I think just in being in the space that we are in, it's like every no day. First off, no day is the same, even though there it seems a little monotonous at this point. But like all of the different, I'm sure like you have partners working on such different use cases um, and kind of yeah. learning about all that stuff. I mean, yeah, like CBDCs are huge. You came on our, uh, we have the Digitox series uh, with Thomas from Intellect EU. Um, but the Digitox series, just to take a step back, what we're doing every Thursday, 1130 a.m. Eastern. Um, what is that? 430 for you guys? Correct. Yeah. yeah 430. <laughs> <laughs> well, Quick <remembered>. math. <laughs> um, yeah, like that um, series, I think, is also going to be really cool. We've we've recorded uh, about, I think, four by the time this episode will go out. Um, and it'll just showcase all these different use cases and different topics that we're obviously involved in um and you are on the second one so that's exciting people can all link to the that episode it's only like 15 minutes so everyone there's no reason for you to not watch it if you're interested and you guys talk about claim share and intellect to you um how was that experience for you <laughs> it's stressful yeah, it was, uh, for me trying to produce it <laughs> yeah i know we had this prep session and everything worked so well and i think it yeah, it's 15 minutes, right? So it's enough information yeah. to give high level and kind of give people a snippet of, you know, what, what we're doing and talk about real life, what's happening, yeah. in, like happening in our world, right? I keep saying our world because it's yeah. the kind of uh, distributed ledger technology world, but, you know, the blockchain world in general. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, I found it really, yeah, it was, I've just spent a lot of time prepping for it, but the time just flew by and I didn't get to cover half the things I wanted I know. to do. So, but yeah, I think it was great with Thomas. Uh, we got on really well. Um, again, we have a WhatsApp kind of conversations and we have that, we were like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, oh, digital assets, um, central bank digital currency, claim share. Let's let's put something together. And we didn't really spend much time yeah. talking about it, but it just kind of happened and yeah, 15 minutes flew by. <laughs> I know those things really do. They really do. I think that was a fun one to watch. Um, I also love Thomas. He's been on the podcast before, actually before quarantine times. I'm pretty sure we had a few beers in the studio. Um, uh, and then, yeah, that was that was funny. When you guys both joined and Thomas was basically sitting in the pitch black, I was like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> like, like, you know you're going live, right? <laughs> and he didn't have any lights and he was like trying to get a torch and Oh, it was just funny. Oh, yeah. He didn't have any, like, he was like, I can't control the weather. I was like, I'm not asking to you to. I would like you to control the lighting in your home. Uh, <laughs> that's what lockdown's so done funny. to us, right? We've run out of electricity, run out of lighting. Uh, yeah. Do, <laughs> I was like, Thomas, you're sitting in the pitch black. Do you know that you're, like, going live on our, on our Vimeo? Like, what's going on? 
but yeah, I think um, it's oh, no. Digitalks was a, a great, and I think it's a great initiative because 15 minutes snap, you know, I wouldn't call it Snapchat talks, but you know, it kind of gives a bit of direction, flavor yeah. to what's happening in the industry and how it's evolving, right? Yeah. And also like the, the point of them too is, is it's like a quick conversation. It flies by the video. You can watch the replay. Um, and we're promoting it on social media a lot. Um, but the main thing is, oh, you learned a little bit about this. Like there's so much more you guys could have talked about. You guys could have done probably like a hour, two hour long, like webinar about this stuff. But the whole thing is like, here's a little information. Oh, you're interested, learn more and go to all these different channels. So I think it's really effective in that way. Um, even though we've only had a few. I have a quick question for you, Catherine. This is probably strange, yeah, sure. but what's been your most uh, what, memorable time at R3 since you've been here? Because I think you've had so many, but if you had to highlight that out, what is it? I'm not used to people asking me questions. <laughs> um, okay, this is, I mean, that's a very good question because that's also very hard because I've had a lot of fun times. Um Oh, that's really hard. I would have to probably say it has to do with Corticon, like around Corticon. Um, maybe just because the last, not this past one in um, October of this year, but the one before uh, that one was the biggest one that we've ever had. Um, so that one was really fun because it's, it's just, there's so much energy. Everyone's so excited to be there. Like partners are connecting. You're connecting with people that you've never, like you've uh, talked to, but you've never seen. And there's the energy and people will say this about Corticon. It's just, it feels so exciting and um, real. Like you see all these use cases. You're like, this, this is in production. This isn't fake. Like that's when people also use, they use Corticon to announce a lot of stuff. So there's just so much going on. Uh, and then obviously like the parties are really fun. Um, and we always have, have a good time at, and so fancy, like yeah. the duck and waffle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, who do we not, think we are? Yeah. That was my first cut of So I think from my perspective, it was like, wow. Like I joined R3 just a couple of months before, like at Cyborg's yeah. time when you were over as well. And it was like, this is like fun. It's fun, but it's also like, I, you realize how much work goes into it from the marketing team to the set, you know, everyone oh, in the yeah. organization, just get pulling together events, team, business solutions, Erica, like getting everyone trooped up the rally, you know, rallying the troops. It's it's just oh, totally. togetherness and you see it all come together and then, and, and it's a classy event, right? It's quality, but it's real, like you said, yeah. with real use cases. So yeah, I think um, certainly can, that that's memorable for me as well. Cool. Yeah, it's hard to say anything about Corticon. I will say, though, another, well, two really quick things. When it, when we were first starting out, um, like, because I've been here from since the start, um, everything's gotten so much more, like, fancy and official and, like, like really, uh, even, like, our video content, because I'm in charge of our, our video content, everything has become, like, very top-notch. There is something to be said about, recording Richard Gendel Brown next to the bathrooms when there are like 30 employees and you can hear toilets flushing in the background. You can hear the elevator dinging every two seconds. There is something to be said about that. And then like running across the city with like a blisters on my feet, trying to get a, a Bluetooth speaker into this little office room for them to use for calls. Cause we didn't have a speaker. Like, wow. 
There is something to be said about the insanity and the way that we ran the business at first was obviously as professional as we could be, but everyone, no one had any idea what we were doing. <laughs> and it was really fun. So that's, that's another thing. And then obviously Oktoberfest, we went with, I went last year with a few partners and some colleagues. So that was fun. Fun times as well, right? It's a hard, <laughs> work hard, play hard. Totally, totally. Um, okay, before I let you go, what brought you to R3 in the first place? Yeah, good question. So I was at SockGen, for those of you that don't know, and I'd been, actually, mm-hmm. I kn- I'd known about R3 from 2016. So SockGen and R3 had a, uh, oh, wow. mem- was a member. So I kind yeah. of got my kind of first insights into blockchain and enterprise blockchain and R3 and Corda very early on um but then kind of i keep hearing it pop up up you know when you hear about it and you say yeah oh, what's asl yeah i'll check it out and then you hear about it and it keeps coming up again and again and again and it becomes more real right you're like i need to go and check this out now and then i went and yeah. checked it out and i was like oh cool this is like kind of really cool and it's changing the way we do business in our bank right and it's going to change the industry so i said i i need to like work out how I can get more involved right and then I saw a role and then I just applied and yeah yeah and then it was just um yeah the rest is history as they say right but um yeah it's been a great experience um <laughs> and R3 is always changing and developing and growing yeah. and yeah since I've been here so it's been super cool uh and learning lots that's yeah. the most important thing for me is just developing as an individual but also just being able to see the results of the company grow yeah, it's, it's, it's truly amazing, to be honest. I know. I agree. I agree. I think it's there's definitely never a dull moment. Um, and it is cool seeing how the company's grown a lot, um, obviously. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this was so fun. I did not expect to be answering some questions. So this is great. Maybe you can come back on another time. Oh, maybe <laughs> once we get out of quarantine, we can do another awesome. episode of like, okay, you're back in the office what's going on what have you been doing to connect with partners and all that stuff back to normality hopefully thanks for having me on Catherine. hopefully thanks for coming on bye thank you for listening to this episode of life in the fast chain As always, share on social media, rate on your favorite podcast app, uh, only if it's good, and keep an eye out for new episodes. The next episode features two legends, and I'm so excited to release it. Uh, Another episode on Conclave. We are riding the Conclave wave here, Uh, but we have Richard Gendel Brown and Mike Hearn on the next episode. It's a little reminiscent on times past uh, Conclave, how we got to where we are with the Conclave launch and uh, what to look forward to in the future. So I'm really excited to share that episode. Stay tuned. Bye.